Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Matthew McKenzie. Thanks for joining us today. So we begin our prayer and reading today. Let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Let's take a moment to share with the Lord where we're at, what we're thinking and feeling, as well as thank Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will do. Oh God, the source of eternal light, share forth your unending light upon us who watch for you, that our lips may praise you, our lives may bless you, and our worship today give you glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in Scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. I ask that you draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Acts 14:15. Now at Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some sided with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities in Laconia, to the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. Now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Laconium, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garland to the gates, and wanted to sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news, that you should turn of these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is within them. In past generations he allowed all nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words they scarcely restrained people from offering sacrifice to them. 
The Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. When the, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. There they had preached the gospel to the city that they had made many disciples. They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga and they went down to Attilia, there they had sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And then they arrived and gathered the church together. They declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. <clears throat> but some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some others were appointed to go to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way to the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversation of the Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. And when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders. And they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them in order to keep them, in order them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up with them and said, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did with us, and he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. And they finished after they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God <clears throat> first visited the Gentiles to take from them, to take from them a people for his name. And this was the words of the prophets. And with this the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and that all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known of old. Therefore my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from those and from what has been strangled and from blood for from ancient generations Moses had <clears throat> in every city those who proclaim him and for he is read every sabbath in the synagogues then it seemed to the good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas 
They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both apostles and elders, to the brothers who are Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from among us and troubled you with words unsettling to your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no burden for these requirements. Abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, having gathered the congregation together. They delivered the letter, and when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. After they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended to, by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflect on this scripture, <clears throat> Acts 15 is describing the second missionary journey that Paul made. I encourage you to look at some of the maps, that diagram, his journeys, as it definitely adds context to these verses. However, to keep this reflection concise, let's focus on some of the key events. In Lystra, a scene is described where Paul recognizes the faith in a crippled man and he commands healing on him. The people, make, the people mistake Paul for a god and Paul takes the opportunity to recalibrate their thinking. He points them to God and points out his humanity. Paul recognizes that his role as a missionary is to point people to the one true God and the only hope. The gospel is never glorifying to the one who preaches, but rather to Christ. This theme shows up in later events. Paul's message on this second missionary journey was to proclaim that the gospel was not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. Christ did not exclude anyone from the hope of the gospel. He preached, even though many Jews were still teaching ex exclusivity. In the first chapter of 15, <clears throat> in the first section of chapter 15, one example of man, one example of the man-made requirements being imposed on the Gentiles is addressed. Jewish men were required to be circumcised, while many Gentile men would not ever have considered this before becoming Christians. The Jewish Christians were adding requirements that Christ had never taught in efforts to appear to keep Christianity exclusive. In verse 5:10, Paul asks why the Christians would ask would add a heavier yoke or teaching that they themselves hadn't been able to keep to new believers. He further clarifies in verse 29 that the only practices he would encourage would be to abstain from sexual immorality 
and teach and distancing themselves from food sacrificed to idols. Paul understands the gospel message he's proclaiming. It does not glorify anyone but Christ and the work he has done already. Christ has defeated sin and death, and we are free to participate in the lives he has created us to live. We are not excluded from being Christian when we sin or miss the mark, nor failing to practice certain customs. We are, however, free to engage with full commitment the life Christ calls us to. We're freed from the slavery of sin. We're free to live as Christ calls us to. What hope, what grace. I encourage you to take a few minutes to thank God for the gospel message. Thank him for using sinners saved by grace throughout history to clarify and disciple this message and how we can apply it to our daily stewardship. Lastly, I encourage you to sing a song of praise to our Redeemer for what he has done. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. Thank you for bringing hope to the hopeless and redeeming the broken. Thank you for loving me, for forgiving me, 
for allowing me to live for you. Lord, help us discern areas in our life where we seek to glorify ourselves instead of you. Help us identify theologies that we hold to that keep us from experiencing lives of freedom and grace. We ask that you would use us to encourage one another in our pursuit of knowing you, and we ask for words of truth and hearts softened and receptive. Lord, we praise you and love you for who you are and what you have done. We pray this in love and gratitude. Through our lives, by our prayers, may your kingdom come. Amen.